Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, hello, everyone. It's great to be with you today. It's such a privilege for me to be able to speak to you on this Father's Day weekend. I want to give a shout out to Legacy Church. They're joining us this weekend. So uh, God bless you guys. I'm so proud of you and, and just how much you're working and how, how, uh, how awesome things have been, even through this, you know, the shutdown and everything. You guys have not skipped a beat. It's awesome. The leaders that are there, the workers that are there, it's so incredible. Same thing with South Coast, New Bedford. A lot of great things going on at South Coast and, and uh, South Coast Fall River as well. A lot of great leaders that are there. I just want to thank you and everyone at Smithfield Providence Campus. I'll tell you, it's just been amazing what God has been doing through us and with us and through this entire thing. I really believe, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the harder it gets, the stronger we get. And I really believe that that's what God's doing here with us. And so, anyway, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative to be able to be a part of it. And this is a special weekend for us all because it's, um, you know, Father's Day and so forth. So I want to talk to you today about uh, fatherhood and the mantle uh, of being a father. And so I want to say that um, it doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've been a father or, or you know, how far along. You could be 85 years old. I want you to know this is a new day. This is a new day for you. God has something else, something great for you. And so uh, if you're a young father, 20 years old, uh, 21 years old, this is for you. Now, for the ladies, you guys need to know this truth as well, because uh, uh, it's, it's something that is in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, we need to understand that God has a special anointing and calling on fathers, and um, it's a truth that's in the Bible that sometimes I think we just pass right over the, the import and the impact that pastors, uh, uh, fathers are supposed to have. And so anyway... I want to talk to you about the mantle, the mantle of fatherhood. So let's pray. So Father, we just ask you, God, Lord, to open our minds and our hearts today, God, that we would be able to hear and understand, God, with a new revelation, new understanding, God, of what it is you have for us as men and as fathers, Lord. May we look into the scripture, God, and I pray, God, may we have, may we have knowledge and, and understanding and revelation, God, that would come from these verses, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys in the global community, everybody that's joined in with us. God bless you guys. I want you to really to, to kind of put on your thinking caps today because I believe that the truths that are in the Word of God are so powerful that sometimes they get watered down and diluted down uh, by our own um, um, you know, our own practical day-to-day -day life where we just get busy with things and we, we forget to actually understand some of these truths that are in the Bible are very, very powerful and fatherhood is one of them. And if you begin to study it out, you, you find out that God has a very special calling and mantle on fathers. And so I want to I uh, start by uh, just giving you a little bit of my experience. Um, when I was a young boy, little boy, I would sit on my grandfather's lap, and my grandfather had scars all over his body because he was, an, he was attacked by a leopard. He was a missionary, along with my grandmother, in uh, Zimbabwe, deep in the jungle of Zimbabwe, and they were there for five years, and they literally carved out a, a, a ministry in the jungles of Zimbabwe for the people that were there, and they were the real deal. I mean... Before my grandfather went over to, uh, to Zimbabwe, it was Rhodesia at the time, before he went over there, he went around to all the companies in the area, 
Starrett and, and Brown and Sharp and all these companies that had machine equipment. And he said, I'm going over there as a missionary. Can you, can you give me something? He ended up getting lathes and, and vertical machines and all kinds of woodworking machines and all kinds of things. They put on a container and shipped it over there to Rhodesia. And he ended up building a, a, a carpentry shop and machine shop. He built schools. They, they, they did all kinds of incredible things there. My, my grandfather was a very um, clever man. But I would sit on his lap, and he would tell me about the time that he spent in Rhodesia and the time that he spent in the jungle. And I would look at the scars that he had on his body, massive scars, and he would tell the story about the time that they went to trap this leopard that was killing their cattle. And uh, the leopard chewed its paw off to get out of the trap, and so it only had a half a leg. My grandfather went there with a bunch of uh, bunch of the men from the tribe, and they went there to, to get this leopard, to trap this leopard, only to discover that the leopard wasn't in the trap. It was up actually on a rock. And, uh, you know, if you, if you know anything about leopards, they're the meanest cats. They're meaner than lions. They're meaner than tigers. They're very mean. A male leopard is over 120 pounds, 10 times stronger than any German shepherd, and they're very mean. Well, this thing charged at my grandfather. And when it came at him, he fired his weapon, and in, a, in an instant, the, the leopard was on him. It tore his bicep off. It bit him around the back. He put his arm up because it was going for his neck. It bit him around the back of the neck, and he had huge scars on his back and around the back of his neck. And he tells the story. And as he was telling me, I'd be sitting on his lap, he would start to weep because there was a man there. After all of the men fled, there was a man there that wouldn't take off. And it was his right-hand man, a big, tall African man, who took his spear and speared the leopard as he was on the ground with my grandfather, speared the leopard and pushed him off my grandfather. He got back up with a half an arm, cocked his weapon, and shot the leopard. And then he was on a 14-hour journey to Bulawayo, stayed in the hospital for one month, but he almost bled to death on his way to the hospital. He would tell this story and weep about this man. And I'm just a little boy that's enamored with this story, not realizing that what he was doing was putting a mantle. What God was doing through my grandfather was putting a mantle on me, that I would be a minister, that I would know what compassion is, that I would know what it means to sell out to the Lord. I didn't realize that. I thought we were just talking leopards, not knowing that many years later, that anointing would rest on me that mantle would be on me. I think about my father. Every time I would come home in the evening, my father would read the newspaper, then he'd pull out his Bible, and he would read his Bible all night long. We, we, we didn't watch TV that much. You know, you watch the news, but then read his Bible. And every night I would see that, not knowing the mantle of the Word of God was going on me because I would see it in my father. I remember my brother and I, when we were young boys, we'd be out in the neighborhood playing after supper, and my father would come to the front stairs of the house and yell down the street, David, Stephen, come on in, it's Bible study time. And of course, we were mortified. I would have been mortified if I knew what mortified was, but now I know what it is, and that's what we were. But now I believe that there's 
nothing about the Word of God to be embarrassed about. There's nothing that I would ever be ashamed of because the Bible is the power of God's salvation. And so I thank God that my father unwittingly was not ashamed of the Bible, and he put that on me. Fathers have a mantle to, to, to mantle their children in the ways of God, and grandfathers as well. Now that I'm a grandfather, I, I, can, uh, I can really relate to that. But I believe that, that our lives are destined to raise the next generation. It, it's so interesting that when you have your first child, everything switches. At that moment, you no longer live for yourself, you're living now for them, which sounds a bit overboard, but I, but I can assure you it's not. It's not. Your life shifts to all of a sudden everything becoming about them. And to the degree that it's not, to the degree that it's still about you and that you're going to do your things and you're going to live your life and you're going to have your... That's, that, to me, is, is a missed opportunity to understand I am now switching from being a young man to being the shaper and the molder of the next generation. Nothing could be more powerful, nothing could be more honorable, nothing could be more anointed than when you understand what it is to have the mantle of the Father. And so, there's a verse in the very last verse of the Old Testament it's in Malachi. And it talks about how God is going to send the spirit of Elijah in the last day. So funny, I believe we're in the last day, and I believe that we're sensing the spirit of Elijah. There's an awakening, there's a revival coming, and it, it, it talks about the fathers. And what's so interesting about Elijah is that when God told Elijah, go and anoint the young man Elisha, who's going to take, your, take over your ministry, Elijah went, and the Bible says he threw his cloak over Elisha. His cloak is his mantle. That's what the mantle is. He threw his mantle over Elijah. Elijah was plowing in the field. Elijah comes along, throws his cloak over him, and Elijah's, Elijah says, I will come now and follow you, and, and, and so forth. And all the days of uh, the rest of that ministry, Elisha and Elijah walked together. And at the very end of Elijah's life, he said to Elisha, what would you have me do for you? And Elijah said, give me a double portion of the spirit that's on you. Give me a double portion of the spirit that's on you. And so Elijah said, if you see me be taken up when I, when I go to heaven in, that, in the fiery chariot, the double portion will come on you. And so, sure enough, here comes the fiery chariot, takes up Elijah into heaven, and what he left behind was that mantle. It was on the ground. Elijah picks it up. But as, as the chariot is going up, Elisha is crying out, my father, my father. You read about it. My father, my father. And as the chariot is going up, the mantle falls down. He picks up the mantle of Elijah, and he goes over to the River Jordan, and he slaps the water with, the, with his cloak, Elijah's cloak. And he says, where now is the God of my father, Elijah? And the waters parted. And everybody said, well, Elijah certainly now has the anointing of Elijah. This is the kind of thing that we as fathers are doing to our sons and our daughters. 
We are putting on them a double portion. And I believe 2020 is a double portion. It's a double outpouring of what's on this generation before that's coming on the next generation. And so it says this in, in Malachi, the, uh, the last chapter, chapter 4. Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. The heart of the father to their children. I, I believe that God wants us to understand this is not a time for us to be just kind of building our own houses and building our own lives. We have to build the next generation. We have to speak into them. We have to mantle them. We have to mold them. We have to shape them. We have to focus on them. We have to turn our energies and our thoughts and our strategies to the next generation because this is a fatherless generation, but not in the church. I pray not in the house of the Lord. I pray not with the missionaries and the mighty men of God that have gone on before us and not with the fathers that know the word of God. I pray that there's more for us and for this next generation than just us going through our thing and doing our thing and being softball experts or bowling experts or, or whatever it is. But I have to say, nothing could be more important than this. The greatest building block in all of society is the family. And that's why you can see the family is under attack. The father is under attack. In uh, Genesis, the 48th chapter, I want you to check this verse out. It's, you know, our father Jacob. Actually, his name was Israel because God changed his name. Israel, and this is where the whole nation came from. But, but listen to this. In chapter 48, verse 13, it says, Joseph took to both of his sons to his father Jacob. Joseph, Jacob's son, took both of his sons, Jacob's grandsons, to him. And Ephraim on his right toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand. And Joseph did this because the older son should be under the right hand of the grandfather, because he understands the right hand of blessing. But what happens here, but Israel reached out his right hand and he put it on Ephraim's head, the younger, though he was the younger, and crossed his arms and he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was, was uh, the firstborn. Even though he was the older one, he put his left hand on the older one's head and his right hand on the, uh, on the younger one's head. This is how powerful Jacob understood what I'm about to do. Don't underestimate the power of what fathers and grandfathers, our forefathers, don't underestimate the power of what it is we do and say and demonstrate. He's mantling his grandsons now. And so he puts his right hand on the younger man's head and his left hand on the older brother's head. And he begins to speak. And the Bible says in verse 15, do we have that one? Verse 15. Then he blessed Joseph and he said, May the God before whom my father is Abraham. So he's blessing Joseph because he's blessing his kids. I'll tell you, it's so powerful to be a grandfather. I thank God. I'm, I'm in that place in my life now where, where I'm a grandfather and father to many other young men that are coming up in the Lord. It's, a, it's an honorable place to be in my life. I, I thank God for it. But I, I pray that I get the understanding that, that Jacob had here. He, he knew he was doing something very powerful, and it was not going to be taken lightly. Joseph didn't like the fact that he crossed his arms. 
He even told Jacob, no, no, this is the older. And he says, I know, son, but I know what I'm doing because the, younger will, uh, the older will serve the younger. So he blesses Joseph. May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all the days of this, all my life to this very day, the angel has, who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. Powerful. May they be called by my name. It was very important that, that, that and Jacob knew they're going to be called by the name of Israel. You have a name. You have a mantle. You have an anointing. And you have nations before you in your children. Nations before you in your grandchildren. Not realizing they're not just babies. They're nations. And he understood how powerful this was. May these boys have the blessings that I've had on me from my father Isaac and his father Abraham. May they now have the blessings and have my name. My name, man of God, warrior of God, servant of God, compassion, grace, wisdom, power. May they have my name. And the names of my father, Abraham and Isaac, May, may they increase greatly, greatly upon the earth. What's it like to have somebody so powerful, man of God, live to serve the Lord his whole life, lay hands on you and say, may you be greatly increased? Powerful. Powerful. Two years ago, Don't want to get too emotional here. Two years ago, I broke my neck. was in a really bad motorcycle accident. I hit a tree head on, head first, flying through the air like a lawn dart. I hit, the, hit a rock. Did I say tree? I hit a rock. But when I hit the rock, I, I heard the bones in my neck break. I heard a lot of things break. I guess ligaments and tendons, but I heard the bones break. But beyond hearing that, I felt such intense pain inside my head. I knew I sloshed my brains beyond recovery. I felt the, I've never felt pain like that ever before in my life, and it was inside my head. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to hemorrhage, that's it. I mean, I, I've, I've given myself such head trauma that I'm not going to make it. And I had a few seconds to reflect, I thought, before I pass out or die or whatever. And in those few seconds, I felt, oh, this is sad. Oh, this is sad. And a picture of my two grandsons came before me. And I thought, I, I've reflected on this since then, but I thought the reason I said, oh, this is sad is because I had something to give them and I didn't get the chance. I had something to impart to them and I didn't get the chance. I don't know why their faces flashed before me. Not my daughter, who I worship. Not my son. Not my wife, who I worship too. But my grandsons. And I said, oh, this is sad. Because I had something to give to them. I didn't get a chance to give it. 
and then I laid back against a rock, and the story goes on that I ended up being walked out of the woods and spent five days in the hospital and came out with a broken neck, and now this is why sometimes people say, Pastor, you're a stiff, or they, or they say, Pastor, you look stiff. Either way. But babies become nations. Those little kids that you have running around your house, they're nations that are in there. They're, they're not, in fact, they're really not your kids. They're God's kids, and he assigns them to you because you're going to be their Jacob. You're going to be their Joseph. You don't deserve these kids. God gifts you with his kids and says, now raise them in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Put into them the powerful things that are in the Bible, that they won't be ashamed of the word of God, that they will live by the word of God, that they will announce uh, the word of God's salvation. They won't be ashamed. Put that in them. They're nations in your house. And I've given you, they look like little kids, but they're actually powerful men and women of God. You know, I remember one time I was in my living room and I was praying. Many years ago, Jordan was an infant and he was upstairs in his crib, sleeping, and I was praying in my living room, and all of a sudden, God interrupted my prayer, and he said, there's a man in your house, and it startled me, because it was a prophetic, like, a, 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 almost audible word from the Lord, there's a man in your house, and, and it brought this understanding to me, he's not a little baby, he's a man, he's just ready to be formed. He's ready to be touched. He's ready to be mantled. He's ready to be spoken into. But we think our little kids are cute and, 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 and fun and drooling and, and spaghetti and, and messy and so forth, but they're, they're nations that God has placed in your care. And so we need to not underestimate what it is to have the mantle of a father. It's a very spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. Ah, eh, you know, they're kids, throw them in the back seat, go to the store, go to Target. No, no. It's a very spiritual thing. I want you to stop. I want you to stop today and begin to change your thinking about who it is you are as a father, who it is you are to those that are around you, because it is a very spiritual thing. And I think that in this generation, in, in this uh, society, we, we, we have no clue what Jacob knew. Jacob knew that he was speaking into something very powerful. He was speaking into the next generation. Jacob knew something that we've lost. We think we're just dads on dad day. Oh, it's dad day. Dad, I remember throwing the ball with you. Dad, you're a good dad. Remember that time you wore that shirt? That was so fun. No, actually, dad hears from God and begins to speak over his family, speak over his children prophesy over them, declare things over them. Look at this in uh, Genesis. It goes on in the very next few verses here where Jacob is done blessing his, his grandsons and he begins to bless his sons. It says this in chapter 49, verse 1. And then Jacob called his sons and said, gather around so I can tell you. Now, we know that these were the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. Actually, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, the two grandsons, they became tribes of, of Israel. 
gather around so I can tell you, so I can speak to you what will happen to you in the days to come. Jacob is either very presumptuous or he understands I am the patriarch speaking now over, my, over, over the children that God has put under my charge what is going to happen in the future. And come around so I can tell you, so I can declare over you, so I can announce, so I can speak what will happen to you in the days to come. Here's what's going to happen. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will tell you, okay, here's what's going to happen. So speak it over them. Declare it over them. Preach over them. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father, Israel. And then if you go on and read, he goes, after, he goes down one uh, uh, prophetic word after another. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. These are the blessings. This is what God's going to do with you. So, so powerful there in uh, the 49th chapter of, of Genesis. But you can see, why is there an attack against the family? The family is the building block of all society. And the father is the cornerstone. Why is there such an attack against fathers right now? Why are we living in a fatherless generation? You know, uh, when you talk about the mantle of fatherhood, what the devil is trying to do is dismantle fathers, dismantle families, dismantle fatherhood. I have a mantle on me that was passed down through generations. My, father, my grandfather was Reverend Byron Hodgman. My father was a, was a, a, a Bible, uh, I want to say, aficionado. He, he knew every verse it was. If you quoted a verse, my father would say, yeah, that's a good verse, but the verse before that says this, and the verse after it says that. You would be amazed at how much Bible he knew. Passed on from generation to generation. God wants this mantle to be on us and passed down, not to dismantle the authority that's on the father, not to dismantle the authority that's on the family, on the sons, on the daughters, not to dismantle that, but to mantle it, but to mantle it. Proverbs says this, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Do you know the, the word inheritance is used over 200 times in the Bible? God is very concerned about the inheritance that you're leaving. And a good man, a godly man, will leave an inheritance to his children's children. What, what God is saying here is that everything you do is going to affect the generations to come after you, to the good or to the evil. But I want to I I give you hope today. Today's a new day. I don't care if you're 85 years old. Today is the day you begin to mantle in a new way the next generation because God will use you. God, God, this is spiritual. It's not, it's not according to age. It's according to God. And God is supernatural. God can do these supernatural things. But a good man leaves an inheritance. I'll tell you, you got to give your kids something to build with. An inheritance is a funny word because it talks about passing on the possess my possessions to you. The things I possess, I give to you. I'll tell you, I don't want to pass on anger. I don't want to pass on gossip. I don't want to pass on slander. Oh, you know, so-and-so, he only does that because he blah, 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 blah. Oh, she, she's, she's this and that and the other. I don't want to pass that kind of stuff on. I want to pass on compassion. 
like my grandfather that went to a, a land that he didn't know and, and blessed people that he didn't know, but God knit his heart together with them. For the rest of his life, he was in love with the, those people and stayed in communication, and every time he would talk about them, he would weep. This same man, this tall African man, was interpreting for some guy who came to preach, some person from... Uh, uh, I don't know if he was from America or England. It was one of those, I can't remember. But it's funny because this man was talking in these broad uh, intellectual terms to, to the tribe of the people that were there in, in, in the jungle. And, uh, and the, the African man was interpreting right with him. He was interpreting into uh, Afrikaans. It was Swahili. He was interpreting in Swahili right to them without skipping a beat. And my grandfather was amazed. How does he even know these words? This man is talking in these intellectual platitudes, and this guy's staying right with him. He was, a, he was shocked. And he said to, the, to his, his friend when it was all over, he says, how on earth were you able to interpret all what that man was saying? And he says, ah, umfundis, which means teacher. Him preach his message, I preach mine. <laughs> he had a thousand stories and every one of them he would talk to us about put something greater and greater in us the Bible says Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac what is it that you own what, it is, what is it that you can pass on is it wisdom and grace is it authority is it conviction is it principles? You live by principle. This is, this is the way to live. You're going to honor those that are in authority. I'm going to honor leadership. I'm going to honor. I thank God for Pastor Ron. He's always honored my leadership. Even though we've disagreed, he says, look, even if he's wrong, I'm going to honor him. And I've been wrong, I'm sure. But God blesses. Same with Pastor Marco. He calls me up. What do you think we should do with this? Sometimes I agree. Sometimes I disagree or steer or whatever. And I thank God that I've got sons that honor the people that have gone on before them. No, I don't think we should do a billboard. No, I don't think we should do this. No, I don't think maybe it's now not the time for this. But why don't we do this and why don't we do that? And together, I think there's a blessing on the work of the Lord because there's an honor for those that are in leadership. You'll always see that thing be honored. It's principle. I pray that the mantle that I pass on to those that are around me, my sons and my grandsons in the, in the, in the spirit, I pray that they understand, honor those that are around you, honor your, your forefathers that have gone on before you. It says this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your heart. And so Moses is telling the fathers, Moses is telling the fathers, this is how I want you to be. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. This is what it means to be a father. Not to just kind of go along and buy stuff and, 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 you know, be a dad, but you're going to be a man of God and you're going to impress this on your children. Not just with talk, but with actions. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. Talk about the commandments when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, he's talking about life. When you lie down, Moses is telling the men, when you lie down and when you get up, because they would, they, would, they would sleep together because they, they would be so cold at night, they, the whole family would get under one giant blanket and they would stay warm together. But while we're lying there, let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about the things he's done for me. 
me tell you about the goodness of God. Let me tell you about the miracle of life. And you tell these stories to your children. When you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let this never leave who it is you are as a father and a mother in the house of the Lord. I want to just give you five summary points as fathers that you would understand, you know, you're more than just a natural progenitor. You, you are, a, you are a, a vehicle that God wants to use to mold the next nation, the next generation that's coming out of us. Amen? And so, number one, demonstrate who a man of God is. Demonstrate who a man of God is. It, it, it's, it's easy to do. Just radically serve the Lord. Just be radical for the Lord. Serve Him. Love Him. Love His house. Love God's people. I'll tell you, your children will look at you not like you're a gossip, not like you're a, re a rebel, not like you're uh, 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 you know, angry. They'll look at you like, you know what? This, my dad, my mom, they love the things of God. They love the house of the Lord. They're radical for God. They're serving the Lord. You have to demonstrate who a man of God is. You need to become it and then live it and let them see. And then number two, live the principles of the word. Live the principles of the word. You know, the whole thing is in here. The principles of how God wants us to act in every situation is in the Bible. Don't vary from it. Don't put your own take on it. Stick to this and see if God isn't smarter than you and I put together. See if God isn't smart. See if God doesn't give you the principles to live by. I want to live a principled life. And if I live a principled life, may my children have that mantle put on them. They too will live a principled life. Live the principles of the word. Number three, worship and pray out loud. Not weak prayers. Pray out loud. You know, I know moms are maybe uh, more... Uh, uh, accustomed to spiritual things and the dad is a little bit more stalwart kind of thing but you got to break out of that you got to break out of that worship loud pray loud pray bold you're in the car pray bold let your children like as you walk along the path as you lie down let them hear you pray bold prayers because they'll know my father is a father of prayer my mother is a mother of prayer and we don't pray little weak prayers now we lay me down to sleep. No, we pray powerful prayers where we declare things over our state, over our family, over our finances, over our home, over our health, over our heritage. You know, gather around, sons and daughters. Let me tell you what's going to come. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to pray it. And then number four, don't under, un, underestimate how much influence you have in their lives. I pray that we understand what it means to have the mantle of a father. We can see why the society is broken and you can't, you can't get a picture of what a father is from society. You can't get a picture of what a father is from Hollywood. You can't get a picture of what a father is from, from the latest, you know, whatever's coming down the pike. You have to look into the Word of God. If you, you're going to understand what a father truly is and understand and understand what that mantle is, you have to look into the Word of God. I can't get it from television programs. I can't get it from the latest thing of what somebody's saying on YouTube. I have to look into the Word of God and understand Jacob, Isaac, Abraham knew something that we don't. 
It's a powerful mantle to be able to speak over the next generation and, 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 and literally, literally map out their future because you've spoken prophetically over your children, the people God placed in your house. And then uh, number five, finally, be the beginning of a powerful heritage. Listen, no matter where it is you've come from, maybe you say, you know, my father was no good. My, fa- my, my, my father never did this. I never even knew my father. You be the beginning of a powerful heritage now. You be the beginning of the next nation that's going to be launched. The nation. You know, it doesn't take very long for children to have children and children's children. I don't know if you've looked into your family tree, but it ends up being hundreds of thousands of people all over you know, the world in, in a very short period of time. It truly, you truly do have an impact into nations. And the Bible says to a hundred generations will righteousness flow. And so I think what God wants us to do is to be the beginning of a powerful heritage. Listen, I don't know what I got from my dad, but I'm going to be this dad. I don't know what I got from my father, but I'm going to be this as a father and a grandfather. And like I said, I don't care if you're 80 years old. Today is the day for you to be the beginning of a powerful heritage You give it to the Lord and ask God to make you. I thank God for the people that he's brought around me. Even just these past five years, sons and daughters in the faith that have gathered around me and I will speak over their lives. And sometimes it's 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 not conscious. It's more just a natural, uh, a natural speaking. But I'm speaking prophetically over them. This is who you are. This is who God has you to be. And you're going to be uh, mighty in the things of God. And you speak over them knowing that you, you, are, you, are, you have the authority and you have the mantle of somebody that God has, has called you to be in order to be able to speak that over them because you're, you're molding the next generation. Anyway, I, just, I, I, I pray that, that uh, this is an inspiring word. It uh, 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 gives you hope. But, but let's, let's, let's ask God Lord, uh, carve out a new mantle for me in my life, God, that I, that I would begin to understand that my family is, is uh, my responsibility to, to mold and to shape, to nurture and to train in the things of God. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.